join us for a look at the three finalists for the 2017 North American Car of the Year Award and more, coming up on AutoLine this week. And now, here's your host, John McElroy. I want to thank you all for joining us on AutoLine this week. We're going to be talking about the North American Car and Truck and Utility of the Year Awards. In fact, I've got a replica of the award right in front of me, and we'll be explaining what that's all about. But let me introduce the panel of guests who are joining me today, starting with Mark Phelan, the car critic for the Detroit Free Press, also the president of the North American Car and Truck of the Year. Uh, uh, next to him is Lauren Fix who's with the car coach. She's the secretary and treasurer of the organization. And Matt DeLorenzo is with KBB, Kelly Blue Book, also vice president of NACTOY, to use the abbreviation of it. And want to thank you all for joining me here today and explaining what this is all about. But uh, Mark, you're the president. Let's start with you. What, what is this thing called NACTOY, North American Car and Truck and Utility of the Year? It, it is the North American Car, Truck, and Utility Vehicle of the Year. It is in its 24th year, but the utility vehicle category is brand new this year to reflect how SUV sales have just taken off. Um, it's selected by a, a group of up to 60 journalists. Uh, the jury is capped at 60 from all different media, all parts of uh, the United States and Canada. Uh, it's undoubtedly the, the most diverse group of, of jurors and, and outlets that you see in the industry, and we are just in the process now of testing the finalists and figuring out what will be the winners, uh, which we will announce at the North American International Auto Show in Detroit on January 9th. And we'll get into who the finalists are and all that, but Lauren, what do you think this award means to the different automakers who win it? Well, I think it means a lot more now than probably what it meant in the past, because in the past we were one of the very high-end awards. Like This was such an honor, but now with this new award, I think we've just become the Academy Awards. And now that they've seen this, the reaction that we're getting is, wow, I want one of those. Not that this would be nice to have this award along with the other great awards, you know, from Kelly Blue Book and everywhere else, but this is like the Academy Award. So the feedback's been great. Matt, take us through the process. I mean, how do we get to this, these finalists that are going to be announced at the Detroit Auto Show? Well, late summer, there's a, there's a long list that's compiled of all the brand new uh, cars, trucks, and utilities that are, have been introduced during the calendar year. And then uh, there's a winnowing process. A, a vote goes out. A lot of the jurors have been in most of the cars, and they can tell which ones are significant enough changes to, to make the cut to the shorter list. Now, the judging isn't the vehicles are, are being judged against each other. They are judged in class. So, you know, one of the things we, in, on the short list, we got a little bit of, of blowback on. We had the Acura NSX. But if you look at the NSX... And let me add, because that's a fairly expensive car. Right. But if you look at what it represented in its class, it certainly uh, warranted our uh, evaluation. The list is cut down. We do a drive in, here in Michigan, Hell, Michigan, uh, in October, where we bring together uh, the uh, shorter list of vehicles. We, we hold a vote. And then that list is winnowed down to the finalists. And then we, we, our final vote, the, the, the uh, tallies are due in to uh, Deloitte, an independent accounting firm, uh, near the end of December. And then it's a secret. And when we open the envelopes at, at the uh, North American International Auto Show to announce uh, our winners, uh, that's when people find out who, who takes home the... Including the, the officers, including the, the jury. The, 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 only, only the people at Deloitte know. Mm -hmm. It's kind of neat, like the Academy Awards. <laughs> right. So, uh, Mark, 
how do you go about evaluating a car? I mean, or a utility or a truck, what, what helps you winnow it down to the final S? Well, I, I think that the most important thing is to figure out who's going to buy this vehicle, who's the intended audience, and what are the reasonable expectations that they'll have? Because it, it, it makes no sense to hold a minivan to the same set of standards that you would a Miata for instance. You know, what makes one excellent uh, can be completely different. So you have to get your head into the space of the person for whom the vehicle is intended, and then you figure out how good a job does it do. We look for value, of course. We look for performance, all metrics of performance, from fuel economy to you know, the ability to you know, pass on the highway to handling when, when it's a vehicle where, where that's significant. Uh, vehicles that are a significant step for, for the industry, things that, that move the state of the art of automaking or design uh, also uh, get a lot of consideration. But really, it, to, to use an overused term, it, it's a matrix. There are a lot of factors, and every jeweler has to uh, sort them out for themselves. Lauren, what's the thought process you go through in trying to evaluate these vehicles? Well, first for me, it has to be a game changer. I mean, obviously, the vehicles that we choose aren't ones that just had refreshes. These are actually all new. So in the case of each category, I have to look at each car as it stands alone because there are so many of them. And we had it down to 16 vehicles in each category, and now we're down to the final three in each category. And so I have to go back and reevaluate and say, is it its style, its design, it's all the, the matrix of the performance. But for me, I want to add in that game changer. Which of those vehicles really says, wow, the person who buys this car is going to just be so thrilled that they, they made this decision. And it has to be that plus all the rest of the factors. I mean, there's so many facets to it, and everyone, I think, look, all of the different jurors have their own little way of doing it. There's no favoritism at all. I mean, I like all the brands. If the car deserves it, the car deserves it. And we have some excellent choices this year. I, I think it was, it was really difficult. Anything to add to that, Matt, in terms of the process? Well, in terms of the process, it's, it's becoming uh, uh, a little bit more involved with the addition of autonomous uh, driving uh, features, driver assists. You know, these cars are, are technological marvels, stuff that we wouldn't even dreamed of 10 or 15 years ago are on cars. And they're, getting, uh, they're, they're, they're being put on cars, especially in the safety realm, on cars that are more and more affordable. So um, when you're looking at uh, last year's winner, the, the Honda Civic was, was really a game changer because of the amount of safety features, uh, the packaging of the car. Um, so you look at everything together, and then after a lot of thought, it really becomes apparent which one is the winner. Real good. Okay, now we've got to talk about these trophies that are here, the actual things. There's this beautiful design. Mark Phelan, you take it from there. How did this come about? This, we, we had the incredibly good fortune to get Ed Welburn, the recently retired head of design at General Motors, to agree to create a new trophy for us. Um, we were talking you know, to, to Ed. I had spoken to, to some of his direct reports, and they mentioned that when he was running the design department, he always hated it when they came back with an ugly trophy, and he, he would say, why don't they let us design a trophy? We could design a lovely trophy. And I gave him the opportunity and then did he deliver. Uh, this is the first time they've been seen outside the world this year's, out, out, uh, the, this is the first time they've been seen in the world. This year's winners will be the first ones to get them. Uh, every The three winners will all get one of the smaller ones and this large one will be on permanent display in Cobo Center in Detroit. Uh, and I, I, I urge everybody to come and check them out. They really are a work of art. And, of course, Cobo Center is where the Detroit Auto Show is held, so presumably anybody going to the show will be able to see this beautiful sculpture. 
Lauren, what does this design say to you? Oh, you know, we when Mark and I were talking about having uh, do this, we had this opportunity with like, oh, what, what kind of ideas? We're all talking about ideas, and, and we said, you know, we want the Academy, we want that Oscar, that perfect guy. And then talking to Ed, he said, what would Oscar drive? Oscar would drive a coach-built Hollywood all-in glamorous car, something that just everyone would be in envy of. And I think that is what he was able to put together. And I just think it's spectacular. We, we've seen all the different renditions, and it was like you couldn't show anyone. <laughs> it's it was been fantastic to have the ability to, to be a part of this. I mean, I think this really helps elevate it for everybody, and um, I'm honored to be a part of it. Matt, you've always had a really good eye for design. You, you must consider this going back to some of the classics from the 30s even. I, I think so, and I think um, Ed's uh, judging at places like Pebble Beach and Amelia Island certainly has um, an influence on the design. And you look at the elegant shape, uh, the teardrop, teardrop look, recall some of the French classics, and then you can see some of the other, uh, we were picking out little design cues here and there, <laughs> things like the boat tail rear end and the, and the, and the fins, which are uh, great styling trademarks from going back to Auburn and then like the boat tail rib in the 70s or the fins that Cadillac uh, uh, pioneered. So uh, we, I'm really pleased with the way the, the award turned out. And Mark, these things are beautifully made. I mean, so give us a little bit of the background on who's making them and what's it made out of. I mean, this thing weighs a ton. This is not just some fiberglass with some shiny paint no, on it. No, it, it, it weighs a ton. You're looking at a, a piece of cast aluminum there. And people almost, when we're doing presentations at presentations for cars and they talk about aluminum, they talk about saving weight, they talk about tiny little panels. An ingot of aluminum turns out to be pretty darn heavy. <laughs> so they, they were... Uh, 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 cast and the uh, detailed design of the base uh, was handled by American Arrow, which is a company based in Clawson here in the Detroit area, which does spectacular replicas of uh, classic car parts, wire wheels, hood ornaments, anything that, that you want that that is too original spec. And they also do the trophies for some of the most uh, celebrated uh, car shows in the country, including, I believe, Amelia Island. Uh, Don Summer is the founder and the owner, and uh, uh, they have done a spectacular job with these trophies. They really have. It's really cool to have them here, too, uh, in the studio. Okay, well, let's start talking about the vehicles themselves. Let's, let's get down to it, and we may as well start with Car of the Year. And, Lauren, you know as well as I do that uh, the three finalists are the Chevrolet Bolt, the EV, Bolt EV. Bolt EV. They're really specific about that. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise it sounds too much like Volt. Yeah. But anyway, also the Volvo S90 mm -hmm. and the Genesis G90. Let's start with uh, the Chevrolet Bolt EV. Why did it make the finalist list? Well, I think it is a game changer. The fact that they beat Tesla to market, they made the car affordable. Tesla is a small car to market, that is. Yeah, the Model yeah. 3. Yeah. But the fact is it's going to be available across the country. I think they did a great job. I, they got to market quickly with a product that, we don't know if consumers are going to want, but I tell you what, the price is going to be right. If you want an electric plug-in, the price is great. There's dealers all across the country you can get it repaired, so I, I give them thumbs up on that. I, it's, it's a neat car. It's really neat. When it comes to market and you get one in your dealer, you should go take one for a drive. Matt, your thoughts on the Bolt EV? Um, like uh, Lauren said, it really is a, a game changer thanks to the range and the affordability factor. Um, I, I think that uh, Chevrolet has made a big commitment in this area, they, and they, they stepped up, you know. There's not a lot of bolts around, but they made 
sure that a lot of the jurors got through the vehicle, and um, we were impressed with the way it drove and, and handled and, and even looks. I mean, it's got basically a compact car or almost mid-sized car interior in a very compact footprint, so uh, it's, it's certainly up there. Additional thoughts, Mark? Um, the, the chief engineer says they didn't set out to make a great electric car. They set out to make a great car. And I think that's what they did. And the fact that it's also an electric car that has a 238-mile range and is affordable for, for most people. I mean, the price puts it in, in the heart of the market. That is, you know, as Lauren said, a potential game changer. This is the vehicle that you know, stands a, a chance of being the one that demonstrates how close are people to being ready to use electric vehicles in everyday use in large numbers of buyers. Okay, another finalist, the Volvo S90, Lauren. Oh, I love the Volvo. I think the design is spectacular. It's such a beautiful car. I, I and mean, typically when you talk to people Volvo, they go, oh, the cracker box, you know, it's, it's all square and ugly. But the Volvos have changed dramatically. And the money they invested in totally redesigning the vehicle. I, I think the S90 has got every single thing you'd want in that price point. And it's completely different than the other two in the category. So when you're looking at that, you have to look at it for its category because it's difficult because you're looking, okay, how is that in a Chevy, you know, the, the Bolt EV? And as you start looking at it, you see some really nice design and detail for the money. I think you get a lot of car for the money. Your thoughts, Matt? Well, I think it's worthy of consideration in that it's trying to redefine what luxury is. You know, I think the Germans for the longest time have have uh, pretty much established what is expected from luxury cars. You know, uh, great road manners, sort of brutal, brutal, massive looks. You know, solid door, everything like that. And and Volvo is uh, has a much more uh, tech look, and they've infused some of their Swedish culture into it. So it really is a different expression of luxury. And I think that that's one of the things that sets it apart in, in class. Oh, and, and it advances technology in interesting ways. The interface they've got for a lot of the controls is like using a, a tablet. You swipe right right and left. Um, it's, it's been widely praised for that. A, really a fairly revolutionary engine that combines supercharging and turbocharging. But, but most of all, I, th I think the point that Matt made, that it brings a Swedish ethos to the idea of what a luxury vehicle is, and the whole market is better for having that variety added to it. it, it it's a really warm interior and a welcoming place uh, that, that is a striking contrast to what you see in, in you know, some of the you know, sort of dark Teutonic uh, uh, German models. And Lauren, uh, final car on that list, uh, Genesis G90. I, I really like the Genesis. I mean, for them, for any car manufacturer today to say, yeah, let's add another luxury line, it, you would probably think they're crazy. But for them to say, we're taking this away from Hyundai and making its own premium luxury line to go up against the Germans, which is a very high bar to obtain, um, I, I think they want everything. They want the dealer experience. They want the car itself. I think they did a, a great job, and I think it's well-deserving to be in one of the final three. Certainly does. Matt, what are your thoughts about the car? Well, one of the things that the Koreans bring to the table is affordability, and even though it is an expensive car, um, the amount of content you get uh, for the price point, it, it is a value. Um, I think that while they certainly take some cues from the Germans, um, the real competition for this is the Lexus LS. And I think if you look at the quality of the materials, the, the execution of the car, 
Um, if if um, I were a traditional luxury, a Lexus traditional luxury owner, this would be a car worth looking at. Mean, at the same time, Lexus is trying to move the brand over to being sort of more hip and kind of edgy. Uh, the the GS90 is more in a in a uh, classic sense of a, a traditional luxury car. And again, the price point really makes it an attractive proposition. Mark, anything to add to that? Well, and, and again, it's another take from a different perspective on what luxury is. I mean, when Lexus and, and Infiniti and to a lesser extent Acura arrived, the, the auto industry benefited because there was a new idea of what a luxury car could, should be, how they should be executed. This is a Korean take on the same thing, uh, which is interesting, and, and it is... Hyundai is one of the most interesting and uh, aggressive automakers uh, in, in, in the world, and this is a fascinating evolution on their part, and they're fast learners. There, there's always a huge improvement from one generation to the next with, with Hyundai, so as interesting as the G90 is now, I can't wait to see what the second generation of vehicles they do will be. Okay, let's move to the next category, utility of the year. Mark, why don't you pick it up from there? Why don't we start with uh, the Chrysler Pacifica? You know, the Chrysler Pacifica, minivan it's easy to forget them, uh, but uh, they, they are still overwhelmingly the best vehicle for, for young families. And the Pacific had pretty quickly established itself as, as the best in its class. I mean, in, in terms of usability, of just space efficiency, uh, things to keep kids happy, the, the touchscreen video games that kids can play in the backseat on long drives. There's one that's Are We There Yet? that basically is an app that shows the van getting closer to grandma's house or wherever you're going. Uh, so it, it, it does all of the traditional jobs uh, of a minivan exceptionally well, I think, and it is the first real family vehicle that is also a plug-in hybrid, and the, the electric range on it is about 30 miles, which especially for a vehicle like that could cover the vast majority of most daily driving. So it, it, it's a very good minivan that could go almost gasoline-free a lot of the time. Uh, and I have to say, I've, I've been driving one for the last few days. I used it to help all around these big, heavy awards, in fact. Um, and I find that the hybrid delivers on all of the promises that Chrysler made. So it's, it's a very interesting vehicle. In fact, uh, I want to say uh, it's got an EPA rating, if you keep plugging it in all the time, of 84 miles to the gallon. Yes. For a minivan, it's spectacular. Yes. So and 33 three, I believe, miles on a charge, uh, uh, on a fully charged battery, which, you know, if you think about minivans, if you're going to school, to soccer, that kind of thing, that covers most of your, your driving. It really does. Okay, in the interest of time, we're going to have to devote uh, less time to each vehicle, mm -hmm. but uh, Lauren, why don't you talk about the Jaguar F-Pace, which also made it to the finalists for a utility. Okay, I have to say that for Jaguar to take a leap into the SUV market, they saw, and I actually, when I first saw it, I thought it's the same size as like a Porsche Cayenne, but it isn't. It's a little bigger than like a Porsche Macan. So as I'm looking at where it fits in that Q5 competitor, I'm thinking that was really smart because now that they've totally revamped their lineup for Jaguar, for them to come out with an SUV such as the F-Pace, again, we keep using this word, but it is a game changer. And it's a game changer for Jaguar to take a leap into that, hey, I happen to have, you know, an F-Type to drive around, but I've, you know, I've got enough pace to haul it to the track or whatever. So I think they're kind of doing that BMW thing. I've got, you know, a, maybe an X6 to drive and an M car from behind, and they're starting to play that same game because they realize there's a lot of market to take. And I, overall, I love every single thing about it. There's a few things I would change, but I have to say, for Jaguar to come up with an SUV, 
I'm impressed. Yeah, and as we talked about earlier, the whole market is shifting that way. Jaguar, which is also co-owned with Land Rover. Land Rover was supposed to only do SUVs, right. Jaguar only passenger cars, but the market's shifting so much, they had to get they into it. They had to. It. it was smart. It was a very smart move. Uh, and I like what the fact that Tata said to them, basically from what I've been told from the executives, here's a check, don't go crazy, but do what you have to do to make it the best in the market. And no one's going to confuse it with a Land Rover, which is the important thing. Yeah. Yes, it's clearly a Jaguar. Absolutely. Okay, Matt, what do you think about the Mazda CX-9? I think it redefines design. Uh, a lot of the crossover SUVs were, were heavily influenced by traditional SUVs. So they had to have sort of a lot of body cladding on it or, or roof rails or real sort of macho look to it. The uh, CX-9 is, is elegant. It's a beautiful three-row, almost a tall station wagon. And I think from a design perspective alone, it is a game changer and one of the reasons why it should be considered a, a finalist. Okay, let's move to the, the final category, Truck of the Year. And Matt, why don't we stick with you for the moment? What do you think about the Honda Ridgeline? Well, the Ridgeline is, again, one of those vehicles that doesn't quite uh, fit the traditional expectations of what a truck is. I mean, basically, it's a unit body, uh, more, owes more to its existence to the pilot than it would be to a traditional pickup truck. And yet it has all the functionality. And one of the smart things that Honda did was rather than try to invent something new, they gave it a more traditional pickup truck look to it. And I think they're really gonna, they, they've found uh, the right blend and I think they're gonna do very well with the vehicle. Yeah, the first one was considered ugly by a lot of people. <laughs> and so they went with a more traditional look. I'll bet that pays works, off for them. I'll bet well it does. Okay, uh, Mark, Nissan Titan is also on the finalist list. Second generation of the first Japanese truck to challenge the uh, Detroit 3's dominance in full-size pickups. Very, very considerable uh, improvement uh, on Nissan's part. Uh, they spent a lot of time on, on this, and uh, they, they have, uh, and it, it shows uh, it's paid off. They're going to very heavily promote the fact that it is engineered and built entirely in America. Uh, it's a, a very interesting uh, uh, vehicle and, and a good challenge to a market that's been locked up by the domestics. Also, they've added this Cummins diesel engine, which the Ram brand kind of walked away from. And I, I got to believe that having that Cummins diesel in the, the Nissan is going to help them from a marketing standpoint. The diesels uh, attract a, a set of very, very passionate owners and owners who really use their trucks. So they're opinion leaders in some ways. So a diesel can do you a lot of good with people beyond just the ones who buy it. Mm -hmm. And Lauren, the last one on the, the truck of the year list that made it to the finalists is the Ford Super Duty. I'm actually driving one today. <laughs> So, uh, and, and having, I have to say, I do own a one-ton truck, so I'm well in, involved in the Super Duty lineup. It was nice for them to finally do a reface because they didn't just do a reface; they did everything—the chassis, the suspension, the brakes, everything about it. And the new truck now belongs to the family of the winning F-150. And I see that that's finally all the same goodies that we had on the F-150 that we all thought was great, which is why it won Truck of the Year, is now in that Super Duty. And having the F, you know, 250, 350, 450, all the way up into the, you know, the 650 and the 750, that's like serious trucks. Um, Ford really put a lot of money and a lot of effort into it. And it's well-deserving, and it's won a bunch of awards from other, other people. But I think when it comes to trucks, they've been, the, for 40 years, the top-selling vehicle. And there's a reason for that. Their trucks, they, they design them based on work. You know, can they haul, can they tow, do they meet the needs of their customers? 
it's not necessarily about style and design, which they get from other manufacturers, and they go, well, that's where they are, so we'll make it that much or better. But to them, it's always about making sure their customer, which is a work truck, get what they need, and it actually does the job. And, and they succeeded, and I think it's, it, I think we are three really great finalists. All, I mean, it's going to be a difficult decision in every category. Did they change that to aluminum like they did with uh, yes. the lighter trucks? So, so it's this all is, aluminum. So this is lighter, uh, more towing capacity, more performance, more torque. You buy those things for work trucks. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, so, Mark, what what happens now? We, we've we've gone through the finalists. We know. Walk us through the procedure and how it's going to be announced for the winners. Yep. Well, the, the jurors are still in in the last probably reevaluation stages for any of the finalists that they wanted another look at. Uh, the voting deadline is uh, December twenty eighth, uh, and we will announce the winners on January 9th at, at the auto show, um, and. As Lauren said, it's incredibly difficult to handicap this field. Mm -hmm. I have almost no idea what, what's going to win. Uh, so I'm going to be as, as interested in anybody in seeing what happens when we rip open those envelopes. Is that right? No, any predictions, Matt? Um, you know, I, I think Bolt has an edge. It is, it is a game changer. Um, the SUV, I, I think, uh, again, the, my handicapping, I, I think Pacifica stands a really good chance. Truck. I, I have no idea. I mean, I think the three. Lauren, you, yes. can I put you on the, on the spot uh, here? Honestly, I think the Genesis has a great chance because it's all new. New brand, new everything about it, and what you get for your money in the 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty. I'm impressed. When it comes to the SUVs, I had this problem with the Pacifica because of the name because in my head it's still the old Pacifica. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sort of gravitating toward the Jaguar F-Pace because I think that's that's pretty pretty bold of Jaguar to take a shot in the dark and go, this is this is either going to go great or it's going to be ugly. But so far, it's, the sales have shown record sales. So that means the consumers love it. And truck, that you know, I like all three. I really do. Um, I, I am torn on the truck one. That's, that's okay. tough. All, oh, three are, all three are excellent. Okay. Mark? Um, my personal leaning right now, um, I, I, I go the same way as Matt with the Chevy Bolt. That has the potential to really be fairly revolutionary, I think. And in the drives that we've been able to do so far, um, it seems to deliver on that potential. Yeah. Uh, Two quick answers. We're down to the last few seconds um, here. Pacifica Ridgeline. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That was quick. I, yeah, I think what are I you, might go with you, that Yeah, one. you're on the jury. Oh, I, I, I'm on the jury, too. I'm going to say Chevy Bolt, Chrysler Pacifica, Honda Ridgeline. See, I will pick the truck. You guys didn't, but that's what yeah. I'm going to do. That's a tough one. And we're going to know fairly soon yeah. who of us is right. And no one will know. Till so, the, Mark Phelan, Lauren Fix, Manta Lorenzo, thank you guys. Very interesting show, and love that you brought the trophies. Thanks, thanks for having us. Thanks.